And even though I got in the line with the most men, it still didn't work out that way. Because <laughs> I always try to find the line with the most men. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. Please. So when they came up there at 10 o'clock and were like, the party's over and kicked everybody out, I was like, good, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And I was like, well, wait a minute, whoa, who, you're like 21 years old, why do you like Miley Cyrus to begin with? But she doesn't like Hannah Montana. She mm-hmm. likes grinding, twerking, Alan Thick, Miley Cyrus. Alan Thick. So, Robin Thick. Oh, yeah, Robin Thick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing Alan Thick twerking with Miley Cyrus, and that's a way better image. <laughs> Dressed up as Jason Seaver. I'm Sanders, and he's Liv, and we are two sorry excuses. Liveroo! What's up, Sam, man? Two sorry excuses. 23. Damn, 23. The Lo- number of the great Michael Jordan. And Donnie Baseball, Don Mattingly. Uh, well, that's more of a regional thing. <laughs> that's a long uh, it's a right. long time coming before we get gone um are we uh do we know whether we're gonna have issues with our audio <laughs> um i think we're good I I, right. I I have um i have a headset on i'm monitoring exactly what i'm hearing from you um i don't think we're gonna have too much of a problem but even with that said um, we still had a, a, a faithful uh, number of folks download last week's audio-deprived uh, episode, and you know, for the first half, that was pretty painful to listen to. But um, yeah. if you if you gutted it out and you got through it, um, there were some some priceless gems in the end. I was at the um, my sister got married last week. And I was at the rehearsal dinner, and I was taking a leak, and my brother Jeremy walked in, who um, is probably like the Zeppo Marx of the DeSantis children. <laughs> you know, Josh is is, is fairly well-known, um, you know, in my social circles. Um, my sister, uh, um, you know, by virtue of being the only female DeSantis, um, has certainly made a name for herself. But Jeremy is just kind of like the forgotten DeSantis kid. And um, he comes into the, the bathroom and he goes, uh, hey, man, I, was, um, I, I tried to introduce somebody to your, your podcast. Um, and I, you know, I told him that, you know, my brother does this podcast, um, you know, about Syracuse with his buddy. Uh, and it's pretty funny. Um, you know, mostly they talk about 
Syracuse stuff. Um, but a lot of times they just talk about this guy, Lee Zurich. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sorry to interrupt you. But today I was thinking, I'm like, well, I'm not bringing up Lee Zurich tonight. <laughs> we got to have one show where we don't mention Lee Zurich. <laughs> and what are we in? Two minutes, less than two and a half minutes in, the Lee Zurich references. So, um, so I'm like, yeah, man, um, yeah, that's kind of funny. It just always comes up, and I'm like, does you know, does your buddy know who Lee Zurich is? And he's like, no, no, he doesn't really even follow college sports or anything. But I just thought that that was, you know, a pretty good way to summarize your your podcast. The, you half the time you talk about Syracuse, um, and then the other half the time you talk about Lee Zurich. I was like, well, uh, I think your proportions are off a little bit, but it's a fair yeah. assessment. And then he said, oh, yeah, also, what the fuck was wrong with last week's episode? I was like, sorry, man. If you stuck with it about halfway through, it got a lot better. He's like, yeah, I didn't stick with it. It wasn't <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Two things. This is your brother Jeremy telling you all this, right? Yeah. In the bathroom. And this is all occurring while you're taking a leak? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to remind people of the setting. <laughs> right. A conversation that y'all could have anywhere. <laughs> uh, conversation you and your brother could have anywhere. He decided to bring it up at the at the urinal. <laughs> at my sister's rehearsal dinner, nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess it's not appropriate table conversation. Uh, I guess not. I guess not. <laughs> So that's what I was up to, talking about Lee Zurich with my wang in my hand. What have you been up to? Uh, well, last week when you were at the wedding, that was the day I went to uh, the Jazz Fest on that Saturday. Yep. And I, uh, I was given tickets, a ticket. I was, as the hippies like to say, I was miracled, man. Ah, very nice. By a friend of the show, uh, Benita. It didn't even cost you a uh, a free veggie kind burrito. No, not at all. All right. Well, props to Benita. She's um, not only is she a fan of the show. I think we're a fan of Benita. Yep. Yep. Uh, can't go wrong there. And then I got hooked up the next day because there was another friend of mine. Uh, that that was like, oh, I got a ticket for today. I'm like, I'm already in. So. End up going the next day, and um, but I'll tell you about Saturday, the weird thing. You know, I went down there by myself. This is the small world phenomenon. Uh, so I get there, and it's like around 12.30 at this point, and I go by the Acura stage, which is the big, where the biggest stars play, you know, and later that day, the boss was going to be playing. But, uh, Jersey's own Bruce Springsteen. Yes, yes, Jersey's own Bruce Springsteen. Asbury Park's own yep. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I, I saw a fair number of uh, Asbury Park slash Stone Pony references on T-shirts out there. Nice. Uh, but I uh, I go and I get kind of near the stand area because this week I went out, that day I went out there without the chairs or anything. I'm by myself. I'm like, I'm not getting stuck. I'm going to be walking around, you know? Right. And so I go to, like, the standing area. And the thing is, you can't, like, stand near the stage. You're, like, 40 feet away from the stage because they have a barricade because the people that pay the big money for the VIP passes get to go inside that area and get to be close to the musicians. Okay. You know, which is really terrible because... 
I mean, I imagine this is all new in the past 15 to 20 years, the big VIP pass. So, um, but I get, I'm probably about 10, 15 feet away from that barricade. I go up there because um, Alan Toussaint was going to play. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a New Orleans legend. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, I have heard of him. You know, and uh, he has a bunch of songs that you'd probably recognize, but uh, one song you might... uh, be familiar with is Southern Nights by Glenn Campbell. Okay. You know, that was originally, that's a, that's one of his compositions. But, um, so he was going to play. And I was like, oh, I'll go watch him because I, I like him. He's very good because he plays old New Orleans uh, rhythm and blues, you know, because he wrote a lot of those songs. Right. So, um, standing there waiting for him to come on. There's, and these three people are standing near me. They, they appear and <laughs> they know, just appear. Uh, yeah, so it's a a lady and two men, and they're like, oh, she's like, I don't know if you can get closer, you know, having a conversation. She's like, well, I'll go walk over there by that screen, you know, because they got the two screens on either side of the uh, stage, the big ass screens for people to be able to see from far away. Right. And uh, and she goes walking off. I turn to those guys, and I'm like, I was like, you're not gonna get any closer. That's VIP. You know that. And like, oh, all right, whatever. And I had my Syracuse baseball cap on. You know, um, I guess it's just a Syracuse cap since Syracuse doesn't play baseball. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it could be a Syracuse softball cap, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But I bought it before they start the softball program. So I think it's just a <laughs> Syracuse sports cap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I... Uh, the guy looks at my head and he's he's like, "Oh, did you go to Syracuse?" I'm like, "I'm like, oh yeah, totally." I, I was like, "He's like, when did you graduate?" I was like, "99," but I was five year guy. I should graduate in '98. He's like, "Oh, I graduated in '98." I was like, oh, "All right." He's like, uh, "I was like, so I should graduate with you." He's like, "Actually, I was there for five years too." He's like, "Well, what's you know acting like? Oh, I'm a screw up too." <laughs> <laughs> the orange badge of courage. Yes. Um, and the red badge of courage was written by former Syracuse baseball player Stephen Crane. Uh, just blending it all back in, right? Uh, and then he's like, well, what'd you major? I'm like, political science. I'm like, and he tells me, oh, I major in architecture. And I'm like, oh, this guy was telling me he was five years to make it sound cool. But I'm like, architecture's a five-year program. That's the program. <laughs> right. You know, but but I didn't say anything to him because I was just like a little sheepish. Like, oh, all right. He was just trying to, to relate to me. Right. And I'm like, oh, you know Allison Shaw? He's like, oh, yeah, because Allison Shaw was a blonde girl from Kappa that I was friends with. Who, and, like, she had to stay an extra. She had to stay during the summer to finish her architecture stuff. And I lived with her for a bit, you know. And Who met us out at Brother Jimmy's? That was Allison. Allison, right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allison Shaw. I know Allison. Or Allison Turner Nay Shaw, as they say. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, small world. So I just sat, hung out right there, you know, with those guys. As, um, Alan Toussaint played. Uh, Jimmy Buffett made a surprise walk on, uh, do a couple of songs with him. No way. You know? Yeah, and then, he, and then he left. You know, he came out there, he did two songs with him. And then, and then he was done. And I, uh, there's a funny story about that too that I'll get to, but um, but I hung out with those guys and then, uh, two Saints set was over, and uh, 
I was like, my sister and niece were out there, so I was going to go try to meet up with them. And there was one other act coming on there before Springsteen was coming on. And I told those guys, I was like, y'all going to be hanging out here all day? And they're like, yeah, yeah, this is where we're staying. Which was key <laughs> because I knew it was going to be bombarded when when Springsteen came on. Right. And I looked and I was like, like right in front of us, like 15 feet in front of us, like basically at the border uh, of the VIP and the Hoi Polloi, there was a flag. You know, it, it was like from the... Uh, equestrian club of Saratoga or something, you know? Okay. You know, because there's loads of people with flags out there. Right. You know, and that's how you, you know, just like when you're at a fish show or a tailgate, you know, you're looking for a flag. Right. So I was like, I told those people, I was like, good, because I'm going to go meet them. I was like, but I want to come back and see Springsteen. They're like, yeah, that's fine. We'll be here. You know, so I went and met my sister. And then, um, you know, Springsteen was ready to go on. I was like, you know, it's packed, like, where it was, like, overflowing, where people are setting up their chairs, like, you know, in the next area over to listen to Springsteen, you know? Right. Like, where you're out of, like, the purview of what the stage is intended to be playing to, you know? Now, this is Saturday night? This was Saturday. This was around 4.15. That's when Springsteen went on. All right, so there's there's still more after him. No, no, no. This was he was closing out. He was most guys, most people when they do the last one, you either a lot of guys do like an hour and a half to two hours, but the big ones like Springsteen signed up to basically do about three hours, a little under three hours. Oh no way! So he's gonna play a whole show, like a legitimate concert. Yeah, yeah. Like like Fish did that too. Fish did like three hours, you know, and they they took a set break. And is there a Sunday, um, Sunday ticket? Yeah, I, I got a Sunday ticket, too, from, okay. from another friend, because she, she told me she might have had a ticket for me, but then she texted me while I was already in there. Uh, oh, okay, I got it. I so got I was it. like, well, if you can hold on to it, if I can get it for tomorrow, that'd be cool. She's like, because the tickets, you know, it's like you can use, the way they work is that you can use them any one of the days per weekend, you know, like May 1st, 2nd, 3rd, or 4th. Got it. You know, but her but the girl that gave me the Sunday ticket, her her family owns, like, a bar and a restaurant. So they get it from, like, the beer guy. So it's the ticket you could use any day for the whole seven days. But it didn't matter. There's only one day left anyway. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, so as, four, as 415 is rolling around, I get over there, and it's chaotic. But I'm like, this won't be bad because I'll just find the flag and go right there. I start getting up there, and I look. And I'm like, that flag isn't there any longer. I was like, screw this. <laughs> I'm not wading into that. And right as, I, right as I make the decision, you know, Springsteen comes on out. And he's like, good evening, New Orleans, or whatever, you know. And I was like, ah, I got to go to the blues tent. I'm like, I, I'm I'm not going to sit here and just listen to him. Where I can't even see him, you know. Yeah. You know, you could, you could do that. You know, you can hear him. But it was like, I don't know, that's. I might as well just go listen to a tape. Yeah, and I've I've seen him once, um, and I had seats actually behind the stage, but it was yeah. an open stage, but it was yep. first row behind the stage, and um, he puts on like a great show, 
You know, yeah. there's there's not a lot of theatrics or you yeah. know choreography to it, but you know he plays to the to the audience. He plays to the band. He walks back around and he yeah. played you know to behind. So like, if you miss seeing him, you miss a good portion of the show, good portion of the yep. entertainment. So good call, good call. Yeah. So I went to the blues tent. You know, there was another band playing, and then our boy Johnny Winter was going on. <laughs> and, you know, Johnny Winter's a big draw, you know, because that's one of the reasons I went to that tent early because I was like, if he's the last guy playing, plus I had heard of him. Yeah. There's a certain element there that are dying to go see the big blues guys, you know? Right. Uh, you know, everybody's there for their own, you know, their own desires. Uh so I went in there and they had a really good band playing. I think their name what was the name Roy Rogers and the uh, Delta Swingers or something or Delta Rhythm Section. And they were from Mississippi or something. A a band of white bluesmen. Okay. Uh, but I go in there and I'm I was glad I go in there when I did because I got a seat because when Giant Winter was coming on, the place got packed and it's a tent, you know, like it's a huge tent. You saw the picture. Yeah. But it sucks not having a seat because people are fi- filling in, like, the, the aisles and the security's kicking them out. Like, you can't be hanging out right here, you know? And uh, a vet- But it was funny is by, like, probably 45 minutes into his act, you know, the place basically emptied out. Because so many people, there's so many people that are doing the thing where it's like, well, I really want to see this guy. But I also want to see this guy who's playing at the same time. Right. You know, so people... <laughs> So people made the crush to see Johnny Winter when he first came on, and then they left to go see, you know, um, they left to go see uh, probably Bruce Springsteen, see the rest of his show, and Foster the People, who, who my niece was dying to see, was playing on the opposite stage at the same time, you know, and you get you get all that. But Johnny Winter is very interesting because he doesn't he he can't walk too well or anything, you know. It's like they come out, his band comes out, you know, and a guy comes and makes the announcement. Here it is, Johnny, the Johnny Winter Band. And three guys, you know, the drummer, the guitarist, bass guy, they just start going at it. And after like, you know, two, three minutes, finally Johnny Winter comes walking out with the aid of somebody, sits in a stool, and he just sits there, and he gets in, and he's like, you know, they finish that song, and then he starts, he's like, what about a little rock and roll? You know, and it's like, one, two, one, two, three, four. And they start playing Johnny Be Good. You know, and every song he plays, it's one, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> That's how every song begins. And he just tears it up. You know, and you you know he's one of these guys who was playing like in the, like, like in Roadhouse when the Jeff Healy band's playing, they're throwing shit and they got the chicken wire or right. like in, uh, Blues, Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers, yeah. You know, and you know this guy's probably played a million shows in that set, and that's how he plays. And he just shreds it. He goes loud. He goes hard. And, you know, it, he doesn't stand. Eventually, when it ends, somebody else helps him walk him off the stage. You know, it's kind of amazing. But it was it was really good. And I'm like, you know what? This guy looks like he might die tonight. <laughs> so I'm hoping I'll be able to see Springsteen again. But the next day, I went out there to meet some, which I, I was happy that the girl gave me a ticket the next day because I didn't plan on going, but I knew John Fogarty was playing. Right. And, you know, I was like, I did really want to see Fogarty. So next day, I, went, I didn't go out there right away because 
I had the dogs, and I'd already left them in the house all day the day before. And I was like, I can't do that to him again. So I went down there. Fogarty was going on around 5.30, so I got down there like around 3 and met up with some friends who had, who had an area set up. And um, one of the guys went to this thing the night before, this Dr. John tribute. You know who Dr. John is, right? Yep. Well, apparently... Yeah, he didn't. This kid didn't go to Jazz Fest that day. He's a huge music guy, but he didn't go that day. But he went to the Dr. John concert, which was right after Jazz Fest ended. Bruce Springsteen showed up there and came and played a song, like probably like an hour after he got off the stage at Jazz Fest. No way. Yeah, like he <laughs> like they had a whole list of people who were gonna be at this thing and performing. You know, John Fogerty, Widespread Panic, you no, know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Bruce Springsteen was a total pop-in. You know, he came in, played one song, tore it up, and left. He does that down here. Um, yeah. He's got a couple bands and a couple artists that he's close to for whatever reason, whether he they have the same agent, label, yeah. whatever. Um, and it's almost systematic at this point where you know that if uh, Gaslight Anthem is playing at – Paramount Theater. Yeah. Uh, he'll be there on the second night in the second set kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So people try to, you know, kind of play that and, and see him. And that's like a huge, that's a huge deal up here. It's on a lot of, uh, it's a lot of uh, New Jersey and bucket list is yep. uh, to see a Bruce pop in. And well, you know what? That's one of the coolest things about Jazz Fest, though. Because they're, like, at the Jazz Fest itself, there's so many, like, special, like, Jimmy Buffett randomly showing up, you know? Right. Like, it, like if you see somebody big like that, they're probably going to have some other guy hop on stage. And if you go to these club shows, the, the Dr. John thing was like a special event, though. But if you go to, like, you know, you can be in, like, a random club. I know a couple of years ago, some club, um, Robert Plant got up there and played. You know, totally unexpected. Yeah. Anybody who was there was like, Holy fuck, Robert Plant's playing a club with 200 people in it. You know? Yeah. Like, how how cool is that? I, it's just not my lifestyle to go to live music, though. You know? Yeah. Because you know but how many... If you're committed to it, you'll see cool stuff. But, I mean, you know how many, uh, you know, dive blues joints you have to go to in your lifetime to see Robert Plant show up and play for, you know, 200 people? Like, you got to go to at least... You know, two or three different clubs a night, uh, exactly. two or three different clubs a week, you know, exactly. for your whole life. I don't do that at all. Right. So, like, you got to be really committed to the cause, <laughs> you know, just for it to happen, unless you're just lucky as hell that the one night you go there is the night he shows up. Right, 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 right. Um, But anyway, so the next day he's telling me that, and then, you know, and then Fogarty comes on, he makes some reference, and I never knew about this. Apparently, Fogarty joined on um, stage with with Springsteen for a song the day before when Springsteen was doing his set at Jazz Fest. You know, I think they might have done Proud Mary or something. But Fogarty got up there, and, and that was really awesome because I literally knew everything he sung except for the one song that came off his brand-new album. You know? That's cool. It, yeah. Um, you know, from the, um, from the stories about Mardi Gras... Um, and the stories about 
Jazz Fest. Those are those are two events I always kind of wish that I went to. Yeah, well, you should come down. But the thing about Mardi Gras that always concerned me is that there was n- there's no place to piss, and I have to piss all the time. Yeah. But Jazz Fest sounds a little more like a traditional event where I'm sure there's plenty of porta potties. Yeah, there's there's a hundred porta potties. I mean, you got to stand in line. That's yeah, uh, yeah. I, that's that, to expect it. That was one of the things that was putting me off before I saw Springsteen because I needed to go pee at that point. I'm standing in line for 20 minutes waiting to pee. And even though I got in the line with the most men, it still didn't work out that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> I always try to find the line with the most men. But um, Hold on. Let me, i got to write that down. Two, uh, 2236, because I, I need to cut that out and isolate that. I always find the line with the most men, <laughs> and I can use that for something, maybe an intro. <laughs> something take it out of context. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 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 well, you know, it's it's low maintenance when you're a dude. You just got to unzip and go. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, Fogarty was really cool, uh, you know, because even after that, like today when I was coming home, I heard a CCR song and I'm like, oh, he didn't play this one. You forget <laughs> how much you really know by the guy. Yeah. Like he played a solid hour and 45 minutes. And there were still loads of songs that he could have played that I would have been happy as hell to hear. But he's but, been uh, around. I will tell you the coolest thing. Let me just yeah, go ahead. And you can you can give your your bent on it. Um, let me well I'll finish the whole story because that was a reference to Jimmy Buffett earlier. That works in. So my niece. Um, well, I'll tell you about the one cool thing. Apparently, he re-recorded all his old songs that couple of years ago john fogarty on this album called songs that i wrote for you or something whatever and he re-recorded proud mary which he wrote before he ever even had come to new orleans before i believe okay and uh you know he writes all these songs about louisiana and the bayou and he's from you know he's from berkeley california (laughs) so uh i mean they had a whole big interview with him in the sunday paper here and he's talking about how he had this kinship you know and he had to come here, and he felt like he was home and all this BS. But um, so he, he recorded with uh, Alan Toussaint, some, uh, this guy, Rockin' Doopsy, who plays like the washboards. He's a big-time local guy, and his brother, you know, they're Zydeco guys. Okay, yeah. And uh, he had some Cajun fiddlers. You know, he, he re-recorded it with them down here for this, rec- for this album. Well, he gets on stage, and he... Um, he brought out Rock and Doopsie and his brother. He brought out this um, this three piece uh, horn section, a local band called To Be Continued. Uh, he brought some backup singers. He brought one of the Cajun fiddler guys, and then he and then he had Two Saint come down, and they did friggin' Proud Mary, like a new re envisioning of it, and it was it was friggin' amazing, man. You know and. That, you thought that would be the end, but then he came on and he did, I forget what he did, but he closed out with Fortunate Son, because he had to do Fortunate Son, you know? Right. And it was it was really cool, because the whole time I'm just singing everything, and my niece came over because she was there with some friends, and I told her to come hang out with me because I'd take her home, I'd drive her home after the show, and uh, and I was explaining to her, she, I was like, yeah, this guy's really big, you know? And she's like, oh, my mom was telling me that. You know, at one point he played Old Man Down the Road, and she's like, and she was singing. I was like, how do you know this one? She's like, 
oh, when I was Googling his name this morning, finding out who he was, this was the first one that showed up. You know, because it's solo Fogarty work. Okay. But, um, so anyway, me and my, my niece and I got to talking about Jimmy Buffett. Uh, you know, about how he was down there uh, yesterday. Because his niece was hosting the the broadcast on TV on Mark Cuban's network AXS. And, uh, and she's like, she's like, yeah, my friends were telling me, you know, that after, Yesterday, he was walking all around. Jimmy Buffett was just walking around Jazz Fest by himself, you know, and you could see Jimmy Buffett. I was like, you know, fine, you say that, because yesterday I was thinking to be walking around. But the problem is, you know how many, go- you know how many guys here look like Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know how many white-haired, 50, 60-something-year-old dudes in Hawaiian shirts Hawaiian walking shirts. around these grounds? Out of a crowd of 70,000 at least, there's probably at least 5,000 dudes that look like that. <laughs> because the day before, I was thinking, Jimmy Buffett's probably walking around here. At one point, I thought I saw him. I was like, no, no. Uh, uh, and then I told myself, I'm not going to look for Jimmy Buffett anymore because it's probably going to always be another old dude in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that. Oh, that's great, man. That's great. <laughs> But it sounds like it was a good time, eventful time. You got your old man shirt. Yep. The weather was beautiful last week, too. You know, now, today, it's been hot and muggy, but last week was perfect. So what's the, So that's a huge run of, um, you know, uh, Mardi Gras, then um, St. Patty's Day, and then, yeah. you know, Jazz Fest. You've been on a pretty good bender over the well, last... Well, and the crush was... You know, it all started when the All-Star game came to town when Duff and right. Fat Pat were around. Then the next week, I had a buddy who was coming to town for it. I got to go to the wedding in June in D.C. It came to town for his bachelor party. It was just like, I don't know. This week, I want I wanted to do something, but I ended up doing nothing, even though I did want to do something. But sometimes you just got to do nothing. Yeah, what, so what's next down there? Uh because up here, well, Memorial Day is the big, big kickoff because that's beaches open. You can always count right. on, you know, nice weather. It's kind of a change in attitude. So, like, yeah. you know, people are really gearing up. St. Patty's Day has come and gone. And yep. then there's a real, there's a doldrum until we can kick off Memorial Day. And I already have my American flag out. I've put my bunting um, banner up on the front nice. door. Like, I can't wait soon enough you know so what Memorial Day's got to be the jam up there though yeah I mean that's what people are allowed to move into their summer houses barbecues um just it it really is it's it's when like attitudes change yeah like it doesn't I would like to go to I I'm not doing anything for Memorial Day and I rarely do one part is that because it's you always have all these other holidays here so it was never the biggest holiday and now I work for a guy who doesn't who doesn't believe in like holidays. Right. You know? Right. He made you guys work a half day on what? Well, we worked a half day on Good Friday. Uh, couldn't even have a real couldn't even have a real full day off. <laughs> <laughs> but like and- he made he made us all right, this is ridiculous. So Mardi Gras, this is the worst. Uh Mardi Gras. You're not going to work. You, you get off on Friday, you know? You work a day of work on Friday. But then you have Saturday and Sunday where you're hanging out, you know, you're doing whatever. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, you do whatever. <laughs> and then you're going to, you have Monday and you're going to go for parades. And you have Tuesday, which is Mardi Gras itself. Right. Fat Tuesday. You know, and then you're going to go back to work on Wednesday. He made us come in a half day on that Monday. Right. That's what I it was. was. Like, Seriously, in the middle of 96 hours, we have to come into office for three or four hours. Uh, miserable. Like, that's just like, last year I boycotted it. I, I mean, I got wasted the night before. But part of that was to make sure that there was no possible way I was going to work. <laughs> oh, very noble of you. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, so this year I went in, even though I was bitter the whole way. But I walked out of there like a few minutes after 12 and people were still there. I'm like, I'm like, why are y'all waiting around at 1? I was like, this is preposterous. For one, it's a pain in the ass because where offices is a block off the parade route. So people are camping out and parking their cars. And we have to park on the street where I work, you know? So it's like, it's like we're going to come in. We're not going to be able to park. It's going to be a pain in the ass. All because it kills him to give a full day to give a full day off of work. Right. You know? right. He has to give off on Tuesday. No one's working on Mardi Gras. But he couldn't. He could not give the two days off it killed him that much so he's definitely not giving off a memorial day right <laughs> you know even though like every court in the world's closed we gotta be there yeah i think isn't it one of the five um the five national holidays that if you don't give it off you've either got to give um either either have to give double uh overtime or like a floating compensation for it or something like that i yeah, think it's it doesn't matter to me I get paid the same regardless. Uh, uh, That's miserable. But we always laugh about that, Jacob and I, because he views the law like we've talked about on here before. He views it like it's a factory. Right. right. Like he kills them when we would go to lunch. Oh, we got to get back to the office. You know, like like we're turning out, you know... uh, Oh, I'm the guy that puts in the pleadings. Oh, I'm the guy that puts in the allegations. You know, we've, like, we've got law to churn out. Yes, like we're working on this assembly line. You know? Like, right. <laughs> Five o'clock comes. Yeah. The law stops. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm sliding down the dinosaur like Fred Flintstone <laughs> when he gets off of work. <laughs> uh. Oh, Lord. But, um... But yeah, so that's that. Uh, but but the good thing is, if you stay in New Orleans, there's the Greek festival that weekend, you know, which is not nearly as sick as it sounds. Um, <laughs> now it's awesome because it's a great place to get awesome Greek food. So I always look forward to that if I'm not going to go anywhere. Um, but hey, who knows? Maybe I will go somewhere just to say screw them. What, um, you're coming to D.C. in June? What What weekend? June 20th, the wedding's the 21st, so I was going to try to fly in the Friday. I'm still trying to figure out my flight issues um, because I was trying to coordinate with other guys who are gone because they're like, oh, you can split because I'm only going to be in D.C. during the day, basically, if I go in on Friday because the wedding's actually down in Maryland. Okay. You know, so I have to go down that day and... I was sitting there running through my brain. I'm like, do I know anybody in D.C.? Because I would go the day before. But I'm like, 
don't know anybody in D.C. well enough to put that burden on them. You know? Right, right. Or anybody even want to. I don't know them well enough to put that burden on them. Or I don't want the burden put on me. (laughs) 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 So... I was looking at tickets Friday, and the tickets were kind of outrageous, and then I started searching, and it was like, the best time to order plane tickets is at 3 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday. So I put in my phone, it was like 2 o'clock Tuesday, order plane tickets. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But I'm kind of pissed off because the guy that, um, you know, who I was holding out for, he was all like, you know, I don't know if my boyfriend's coming or not, blah, blah, blah. Um, yes, it's my Michael Sam friend. Because uh, <laughs> he had like the Southwest where, you know, where the pass where your friend can ride for almost nothing or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's one of these guys, you know, he's a gay man, so he's always traveling. So he's just <laughs> loading up points. Um, so by the time they finally told me, it was, you know, six weeks out. You know, and the tickets are all ridiculously priced. So I'm trying to hold out to find the best price that i'm willing to deal with you know right so what are you coming in on a friday leaving on a sunday i i mean i'm gonna leave on a sunday regardless um i guess i'm gonna try to come in there friday morning i could come in thursday evening problem is thursday evening i'd have to find a place to stay in dc right you know so i think i'm just gonna try to do friday thing is i want to get there early enough to actually walk around dc you know what i'm saying yeah because Last time I did any significant time in D.C. was when I was eight years old, uh, you know, when we were bringing, driving my brother up to West Point, you know? So that, that, was, that was 30 years ago, man, 1984. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So. I, I was just looking at my calendar to see um, if, I'm, if I'm around any of those weekends. I was going to drive down, but that... That twentieth, twenty first, twenty second, twenty third, no good. Why? What's that? What's going? Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, I got to work. There's only a handful of days that I've committed to. I'm working with a buddy. Um, oh, the marketing thing. The marketing stuff, and I'm committed on the twentieth, twenty first, and the twenty third. So well, you better commit yourself to getting a fat sandwich if you're going to be committing yourself. <laughs> <to that>. <laughs> <laughs> no way, man. I am. Uh, I'm. I'm mean and lean. I cut out carbs. I've uh, I've really recommitted, which is why I'm such in a bad mood tonight. Got no energy. Got such a headache. There's only so much ground beef a man can eat. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you're doing? You're doing like the Atkins like thing? Yeah. 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 So what do you do? You just uh, you just saute up a bunch of ground beef? Yeah, saute up a bunch of ground beef. Some some chicken breasts. Have yeah. a couple eggs in the morning. I mean, I'm never hungry. Yeah. Um, you know, because, like, what are three eggs, man? Three eggs fill maybe a little bacon fills yeah. you up. Like, that's a yeah, that's, that's a, a good decent breakfast. breakfast, you know? That's something I would like to eat all the time, but I feel like it would be killing me if I ate that all the time. Yeah, see, I, I've got um, the right vitals for something like this. Like, my cholesterol is naturally low. Yeah. And my good cholesterol is naturally high. And cholesterol apparently is something that is very hard to change one way or another on your own. You know, yeah. like it's it's a genetic deal. So yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've got pretty good, you know, pretty good stats in terms of the the cholesterol. Exactly. So a yeah. couple eggs don't 
you know, don't bother me. And, you know, two slices of bacon, you know, kind of no big deal. Cook it down. I love breakfast food. Um, breakfast is one of my favorite meals ever. Yeah, mine too. Uh, and today, actually, we're always having a problem. Where we're going to go lunch? Where we're going to go lunch? Because you get sick of the same old stuff at a moment. And now Jacob's like on his diet, you know, where he won't eat certain things, you know? Like, so like, he's always like, well, I'll go eat somewhere where we can eat a salad or something. And I hate that <laughs> because he's like, everywhere serves a salad. It's like, yeah, everywhere, but the places I want to go. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, but today he's like, but he will eat meat like you do, you know? Yeah. Because he, as long as he's not taking in all the carbs. So like, we'll go, he's like, well, barbecue. I was like, yeah, that's fine. So this place we've been gone to, uh, that we started going recently, this barbecue joint and they make you know, real good barbecue. Uh, we go there and there's a sign saying they're on spring break till Wednesday or whatever. That they're not, they're shut down. And um, and I was, I was like, well, what are we going to do? Look across the street and there's a little restaurant. Uh, it's a place called Surrey's. It's the second. Well, it's, I was at the original Surrey's driving down magazine and that kid that I that I chased down with my car was heading to this Surrey's, which is their second location on magazine from that famous story. Yeah, 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 sure. So I'm like, well, that place there, I've never been there for lunch, but they have great brunch, you know? So he's like, yeah, sure, let's go in there, because we just didn't feel like going anywhere, you know? So he go in, and um, I'm looking, and I'm like, uh, they, they got sandwiches stuff but it's not that complete of a menu for that because it's way more focused on the breakfast and he's like well screw it I'm getting the chorizo omelet it was the special and of course he's getting it because it's got all like dietary needs like like you're eating yeah. for, you know uh, I was like well fuck that I'm getting breakfast too so I ordered the corned beef hash and eggs <laughs> <laughs> and I was in heaven I was like this is sweet eating big breakfast at lunch on a Monday yeah it's the best man <laughs> one of um one of the days I was out um, doing the marketing, part of my team were these two uh, college chicks. Because um, the guy I'm, I'm working with um, is he, – he broke off. He's kind of like a sole proprietor, You know, works out of his house, real low yeah. overhead. So he's got nobody on staff. Just turned out that um, my timing is perfect and you know I know what he's doing so he could slide me right in. And he, you know, for the most part – um, relies on volunteers or interns and stuff like that. Well, he was really short-staffed, and he ended up just kind of finding, like, a third-hand referral of these two chicks, two college girls who, um, you know, who were interning at, at an event management place. They could, yep. you know, they could do the trick. So I had to pick them up um, and drive about 45 minutes to the to the place we were going, and... Um, one, I didn't realize how old I am yeah. compared to real live young people. Oh, now, yeah. In it's my bad. mind, like, whatever, you know, I can be just as big of an idiot as anybody, you know? I can get just drunk as anybody. So in my mind, those are those are young – actually, they're immature qualities, but in my mind, they're young qualities, yeah, in your mind, that's what makes you cool with Not them, even, whereas yeah, from their point of view, it's what makes you a loser. Well, yeah, and I wouldn't even say I'm, I'm, 
I'm couching myself in terms of coolness, but I'm at least like, yeah, yeah, I can still get out there and mix it up with the best of them. But your but youth is not is not defined by you know your your drinking prowess or your ability to stay up late or your ability to fill in the blank whatever a young activity is. Youth is defined by attitude, um, you know, cultural impact, dress. And language, because I had no idea what these chicks were talking about. Oh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Just from phraseology to content to topics, like, I'm like, what are you talking about? And the only thing that I really could understand, and and I'm not, this isn't hyperbole, like, I was struggling to follow a lot of their conversation. Yeah. And at one point, one of the girls just added, and this is the other thing, it, they talk like uh, like hamsters that have ADD. Like they just bounce from topic to topic and non sequiturs, and they're just all over the place, and everything's with a giggle while texting. Yep. It's incredible. Yeah. And so at one point, the chick just out of nowhere says to her friend in the backseat, um, I don't think I like Miley Cyrus anymore. And I was like, well, wait a minute, whoa, who, you're like 21 years old, why do you like Miley Cyrus to begin with? But she doesn't like Hannah Montana. She mm-hmm. likes grinding, twerking, Alan Thick, Miley Cyrus. Alan Thick. So, Robin Thick. Oh yeah, Robin Thick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing Alan Thick twerking with Miley Cyrus, and that's a way better image. <laughs> Dressed up as Jason Seaver. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's that's her reference. That's Miley. her, you know, that's her context. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they were nice girls. They, you know, they were sweet girls, and like they wanted to know about you know being professional and breaking into the industry and whatnot. Um, but there was just literally there was no connection. Yes. I'm not. I wasn't. I'm not quite at the point where I could be a college student's dad. Yeah. Bec- uh, of course, you know, um, biologically I could. But even then, you're talking 19, yeah. you know, 18 or 19 years old. That's that's not the real I could be your father correlation, you know? Yeah. I mean, unless you're Ben Cook, who's been hanging his hat on that I could be their father, you know, when he was 35 and they were 20. Yeah. Yeah. Y- yes, Ben. Technically, you could be their father. Yes, and you did nothing to extract yourself from that. Except <laughs> <laughs> so sit there and remind everybody about how miserable you are at the age gap. Right. Just which, embrace it like Guy does. Which nobody's pointing out to you, Ben. No one is saying, hey, look at that old guy right there. Yeah. But you are reminding them of it. I'm so old. I'm old enough to be a fuck. <laughs> but it's funny because the last real interaction I had with that demographic, I was teaching at Rutgers um, and I was teaching uh, advanced level sports management. So they were like seniors, um, you yep. know, whatever. It was a 400 level class. But in thinking back, that was that was like – 10 or 11 years ago. So I was only 28 or 29. Those kids were 21 or 22. I'm in the same, I'm in the same, um, what's it called? What's it called? When Generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're we're in the same generation. So there, there was a reason I could connect with them. But in my mind, you know, I haven't made that transition 10 or 11 years later. 
I'm like, college kids, no problem. I'm great with college kids. Yep. Guess what? I'm not. No. <laughs> uh, I was actually at a gathering of college kids this weekend briefly. Uh, girl who went to law school with me, uh, she's actually my age, but she has a sister who's significantly younger than her who is who, who is graduating from Loyola University this past weekend. Okay. So she came in town, and um, she's from Texas, but they're Guatemalan. You know, and Loyola actually has a heavy Latin student population. Lots of kids from Central America, you know, from, you know, and I suspect most of them are from wealthy families in Central America because they send their kids up here to go to college, you know. Right. And, um, but uh, she she's like, well, you want to hang out? I'll be in town. So I go and meet her out on uh, Saturday night. And she's like, well, I got to go down to the quarter. Uh, my sister's at this party. They have a balcony or whatever. Some friends rented like the upstairs area with a balcony uh, over Bourbon Street for a little party. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go down there with you for a little bit. So I go down to the party, you know, and, you know, all her friends were there who all 21, 22, you know, and it's all Latin kids. You know, it's all the kids like who are either from Central America or our uh, Hispanic roots. You know, it's like 50 of them there. Right. And, uh, you know, that girl's parents were there. A few of the parents were there. And guys start talking to me who's actually one of uh, parents of one, father of one of the girls there who was from Honduras. And he actually had lived near where I, where I grew up uh, at one time back in the day before moving back to Honduras, you know, cause he was from some wealthy family where the father had business here. Uh, but the reason I'm telling this story is because I know very little about popular Latin music at all. Anything I know about popular Latin music is based off of, uh, of what I learned from Alfredo Quinones in college. <laughs> okay. So we're at the bar, you know, waiting to get a drink and, the kids are over there messing with the music, and they put on a new song. They, they change the song, and this new song comes on. Everybody starts rocking. I, I go, what is this, Mana? And she's like, yeah, it is. How do you know? <laughs> I'm like, because it's the only Latin band I know, and it's the only Latin band I know because of Alfredo Quinones. That's that's the only band I know because of Alfredo, Mana. <laughs> yeah, I did, he'd always make Mana, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even know the song. It's just that I was mentioning the name of the one Latin band I knew, and it happened to be them that right. actually was playing. Everything just synced up. <laughs> you know, that's um, but that's a pretty brilliant strategy on, on your part because it's a no-lose situation. If it's not, if it's so far off and, like, whatever, it would be the equivalent of, uh, you know, kind of like a, an electronic – you know, new wave song coming on, and you going, "Hey, what is this, Scritty Politty?" Yeah, <laughs> you know. But like, you've set yourself up to be like, "Oh, funny, sarcastic, out of touch gringo." Yeah. Or you get it right, and you're like, "Oh yeah, mana." Well, any regardless, I, later on, I was like, you know, the way they were all dancing and everything, I was like. I feel like the biggest gringo in the world right now. You know, I was the only, like, like I was the only gringo at that thing. You know? <laughs> like, even though they had some guys who looked gringo, 
You know, like like even those girls' father looked gringo because, you know, he's Guatemalan, but he's European Guatemalan, you know? Right. You're like, uh, I was the gringo, <laughs> you know? It's like, I was like, I don't know what they're saying in these songs. I don't know how to do the dance. It was like, please. So when they came up there at 10 o'clock and were like, the party's over and kicked everybody out. I was like, good. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> I hate being. And I was like, all right. They're like, we're going to Pat O'Brien's. I start walking with them. And it, all it takes is walking one or two blocks on bourbon. Actually, it only took about three and um, 10 feet to realize I really didn't want to be down there. But I walked a couple blocks and I turned them like, I can't do this. I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, I just cannot do the quarter. It's uh, so many filthy people down there. It's like missing links everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's like a whole cast of characters who you think you're going to see them on one at posters. It's ridiculous. And that's on the regular down there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Know. I mean, cause it's where that's why I can't handle the quarter. Occasionally it's nice to go down there. But walking down Bourbon Street, it doesn't matter when it is. There's always, there's just, you know, like Pat O'Brien's isn't going to be so bad because it's Pat O'Brien's. Right. But, you know, but your standard people that are lingering in the street, that are hopping in and getting their huge ass beers and all that, it's just, ah, uh, it's the dregs of society, man. <laughs> 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 You know, you've seen it before. Yeah, yeah. No, I can you I can know? sympathize. The uh, the most memorable times that I've had there um in terms of like quality enjoyment. You know, like oh, I had a good time, you know. I'm remembering back. It wasn't a debauchery. It wasn't a shit show. Would be like on a Saturday early afternoon kind of deal. Yeah. You know, it's oh, I love the quarter during the day. You know? Yeah. That's the best time to be down there during the day. You know, it's like you go down there because it's not as terrible yet during the day. You know, it's like the like the song says, the freaks come out at night. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, and they do. Uh, So um, I don't know if I had anywhere else to go with that story, but I guess sort of part of uh, you being in a quarter stories because I actually... On the way back where I parked the car was on the other side of Canal Street. And where I walked, I walked right past the hotel you were staying at when you were here with the Eagles oh. guys. Oh, uh, with the Eagles guys. Okay. Yeah, 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 last Thursday when we were out for the draft, you know, um, one of the guys was talking and it was um, this guy, Sean. He's the boyfriend of the guy I was telling you about the whole issue with the DC tickets. And he he originally, I think, was born in New York, but the family moved to New Jersey, you know, and he was assessing the fan makeup. He's like, oh, and then you go to South Jersey and it's the Eagles fans. <laughs> and I was like, uh, and I was telling the story, I was like, yeah, you know, funny thing is I have a friend, uh, a good friend of mine, his wife's from like Tom's River or whatever. And I was telling the story how when you came in, you went on that. I was trying to relate the the fish out of water. You were making the one and a half mile march to the Superdome <laughs> with the jer- with the Eagles super fans dressed up in all the shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, the guy that planned the trip was one of those super fan guys who wears like the done up 
friggin' shoulder pads and spiked hair. Doesn't he do something like that? Yeah, yeah. He wears a um, Grim Reaper costume. Yeah. <laughs> dressed up as a football player, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, like, as I was telling him, the idea seemed even more preposterous because I'm picturing you. And I'm like, I know Sanders isn't wearing anything that says I'm a super fan. <laughs> I, I, it's funny. I was actually just thinking about those trips the other day. And San Diego was one of the trips that we went. And we went to see Sean Reardon. And I wore a Almond Brothers t-shirt. Yeah. And I got mocked and ridiculed in the at one of the like pre-game tailgate parties for the trip people. You know, so they yeah. rented out like another this time they rented out like a field or something, like a practice field and they had like beer trucks and barbecue joints and stuff like that vendors. Oh, yeah. um, there's probably a big population of of like San Diego or Southern California Eagles fans, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there is, right? No, no, no. Oh, really? I thought there would be so many, like, transplants, you know? No, it, but the... that's the type of place you move away from. Because it was so, um, like, middle of winter, it was, like, the prime trip for the oh, year. Oh, so everybody wanted to go on that trip. Yeah, exactly. I just thought naturally, you know, because a lot of times, you know, California always has loads of fans for all the teams from established cities because California is a place you move from somewhere else, you know? Yeah, but I think Philly is a place where not many people leave for whatever yeah. reason. Interesting. Yeah, so they inbreed their douchebaggery yeah. generation from generation. Yeah. Um, what was the hotel that I stayed at? I'm the not, Orleans? It might have been a downtown Hyatt. You know, it might have been the French Quarter Hyatt, I'm thinking. I'm not sure. I'm, I, I I don't remember explicitly what it is. I just know where it is and what it looks like. Yeah, it was fancy. Yeah, I, don't, I just remember I crashed in there with you all that one night. I don't think I've stayed in a hotel as nice since. Yeah. It's funny that guys like that would stay in a hotel that nice. <laughs> uh, uh, a couple other things. This is something interesting I came across this weekend. I was, You ever... Have you ever read the website mentalfloss.com? Uh, no, I've heard of it, though. All right. Well, that's good. You've heard of it. Uh, <laughs> hey, do me a favor. Just send me a li- send me an email full of links of websites that I should be reading on a regular basis. One, to, um, you know, for my own edification, but two, yeah. that, you know, will give us an opportunity to be on the same page. Because I honestly... Um, I go to ESPN. I go to, um, I go to the front page of Yahoo. That's yeah. like reading USA Today. And yeah. then um, I'll go on Reddit. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't look at Reddit. I don't. I only look at a few websites. And the thing is, it kills me because I look at them over and over again, and it's like, when are they gonna put new stuff up? You know. Right. Um, I was a dead spin. I used to look at a lot more. Often, but I quit looking up, looking at so much. The other day, I, I was reading an article on there, and it had a link to another article from last week, and it was about some of the oddest names, uh, uh, oddest names in the top one thousand names over the past hundred years. Okay, and, or hundred whatever years. You know, the Social Security Administration, it it only charts back. I think they only chart back to eighteen eighty one, probably because that says. 
because they only were able to start keeping track of a list in 1937 when Social Security card was invented, you know? Got it. And so they, But now they keep, since everybody gets a Social Security card, a number, they have a database, and you can search what the most popular names were. So some guy went through and was looking for what he found to be the oddest female and male names. And... I noticed in there, 1893, number 1,000 was the name Orange, like Syracuse Orange. In what year? 1893. Whoa. So I actually emailed you. So today I was like, well, that's weird. So I, so I went to the story and I had to link to the SSA page where you can look that up. So I did the last 150 years and only goes back to 1881, of course. And even then, it's not the most reliable because it depends on... In 1937, and for a few years after, since there was no such thing as a Social Security number, not everybody applied for a Social Security number. Right. You know? But uh, but if you did, your name got in that database uh, based on what year you were born. And so I ran the name Orange. And you might want to check your Mac.com email. All right. Because that's where I sent you the results, a PDF. Here of we go. Ponder this list. Yes. And I ran the name Orange, and which 1901 is the year is the last year it showed in the top thousand, and even then, it was ranked 765th. That's pretty high for a name after a fruit. I've you never, know? I've never heard of somebody named Orange. Well, of course you didn't, because they all died before you ever met them. <laughs> Frank, no one's the last time it's even showing up on this. Uh, but all the ones with the A's, that means it didn't even show up in the top one thousand that year. Okay. But that's the last time it even showed up on the list at all was nineteen oh one. Eighteen eighteen eighty four was five hundred and thirty sixth most popular name. Yes, but the but the but like I tell you, the bias is. Is was it really that popular? Okay, okay, you know, fair and, enough. And apparently, it was only for boys because I ran it non-gender, and it shows up as popularity the male name orange, and I, and I, I tested that by running as a female, and never did show up in the top thousand for females. Oh man, I would have never thought of it as a. If you told me this is my baby orange, I would automatically assume that it was a baby girl. Yeah, isn't that weird? Like. I don't know. I've never even heard of anybody named Orange. Not that I wouldn't meet them, because of course I wouldn't meet them, because they because they all died fifty years ago. But but or you know, but the idea that anybody would be named Orange, you know. But but now that it's out there, I feel like it's a viable name to give my kid one day. I think it is. You know, maybe even if it's the middle name, but whatever. You know, Matthew Orange Livercary the second or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it, man. Yeah. So, so isn't that that's an interesting list? That the idea. So I put in other names. Like I was like, what about the name Syracuse? Didn't show up at all. I put in the name Orleans. That didn't show up at all. Although Tulane did have a guy who he just signed a free a rookie free agent contract with Miami named Orleans. So I was thinking maybe Orleans is. Moved in the top 1,000 because this is a 22-year-old kid named Orleans. But no, at no point was that ever in the top 1,000. Huh. Hmm. What, what, was, what did you come up with? What was the oddest one that was actually on a list somewhere? 
Well, I'll send you the mental floss link of what they think the oddest names are. Actually, they had one year where the t- where two of the oddest names that they put on there were both like one was for men, it was Josephine, and one for women, it was Clifford. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. Tr- and then they they did have one where they had um the wrong the name was Joseph but spelt J O E S P H and of course you know why that is because they, you know Joseph was a pop A it was a very popular name with Italians in the sort you know uh-huh. Joseph is a very popular Italian name and you had a lot of poor people that were A English wasn't their first language and B they weren't the most educated people so you probably had a lot of people who had Joseph misspelt on the birth certificate right but I'm going to I'm going to find that link for you right now and send it to you. Um I'll have it and as as Chuck Woolery used to say, I'll have it in 2 and 2. Um we never got, a, got while you while you're looking for that, we never got a chance to um to chat about one of the other uh, links that you'd sent me about the chancellor um the Syracuse, the, Syracuse thing? Yeah, sending out that email about um, yeah whether it's what it what it, a deer or a bear. Yeah, deer or bear, and I, you know, thing is, I was like, I guess I'm more of a bear, but I always thought I kind of said it's Syracuse, and I've seen. Um, I gotta look up because when Syracuse.com, the 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 newspaper, the Syracuse newspapers, uh, did the story about it, they had the third. A third variation in there. Okay, what's the third variation? That's what, I'm going to look that up, too. Because I think I'm the third variation. Yeah, because I'm like, I've really never said Syracuse. For one, it sounds so nasally to me. Yeah. You know? Um, never a big fan. Cause, you know, Syracuse. You know, it's... Yeah, whatever. But <laughs> I, I was like, if anything, I'm in the bear, which is more like Syracuse, you know? Which is uh, another possible name for your for your uh, unborn daughter, Sarah Cuse. <laughs> oh, Sarah Cuse, right? DeSantis. Um, I re- um, I remember when I came back from school, um, my family, particularly my mother, took great offense to the fact that I had changed the pronunciation of water because in New Jersey it's distinctly water. Water. W U D D E R water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, well, of course, one of the first things I got shit for from all the Boston guys was my pronunciation of multiple words, including because the first thing you'll get shit from from anybody from Massachusetts is pronunciation. Oddly <laughs> enough, I never got shit like that from people from New York or anywhere else. <laughs> Massachusetts people <laughs> apparently they think they speak the Queen's English. <laughs> <laughs> Which fine if you speak the Queen's English, go back to England, asshole. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. No, they're the worst. Like, oh, you say like I remember Mike Mike Peters giving me hell about the way I said chimpanzee. Like, <laughs> what did I say? And then Shaggy giving me crap because I called uh I called my my athletic shoes. I love this tennis one. Tennis shoes. That's this is a good one. He's like, you're not playing tennis with them. They're sneakers. I'm like, yeah, and I'm not sneaking up on anybody, <laughs> asshole. You know, 
<laughs> it's colloquialisms, you know? That's, you know, it's vernacular. It's the way people speak. Down here, you call them tennis shoes. Right. You know, I'm sure you've heard people call shoes, shoes tennis shoes, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I would know exactly what you were talking about if you did. Yeah, now if you're from Massachusetts, you'd be totally thrown off because you'd think you're actually talking about a pair of K-Swiss or something. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) So, um, so how do you say it? Just, okay. I I think when I was saying it to myself, it was all screwed up because, um, it's like the Heisenberg principle. Once you start measuring it, it just fucks it up. Okay, that's exactly what happened to me. I've been walking around the house for weeks. Anytime yes. that I've got nothing on my mind, I'll go, Syracuse, 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 Syracuse. And I, I can't remember how I say it. Then I started thinking back, okay, well, I have a control group. Guy. Guy is from the town. Yeah. His mom worked at the university, but I can't remember how he says it either. Well, apparently there was even a split amongst the people in Syracuse itself, where some people are Syracuse and some people are Syracuse people, oddly enough. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Here, I'm saying the third way is Syracuse, the way I said that I say it, which is sort of like an S-U-R. It's Syracuse. I would say I'm a Syracuse guy. Yeah, the Sir guy. That's the third way, and that's why I think he was missing out on because I was like, I know I don't really say, I definitely don't say Syracuse, you know? And I'm like, I guess I'm closer to saying Syracuse. And then they wrote this article, which I just sent you the uh, poll that they had in, uh, on Syracuse.com, and that was the third option they had was the first syllable rhymes with Sir. And I think that's what I am. I'm going to vote in the poll so I can see the results. Um Sir, it's only 5.39% of the vote on this poll, but it's not scientific. And then the deer and the bear are yeah, are, are statistically a dead heat. And you got to think a lot of the people that are reading this are from Syracuse itself, or the central New York area. Right. So that tells you there's a serious divide about deer and bear even in Syracuse itself. That's, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. I would have never thought of that. Even though I know people who pronounce it Syracuse. Yeah. I mean, Carl and BP claim to be Syracuse people. Although, I, I mean, in honesty, I don't remember ever lit recalling how they say it organically, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and it's not like we exactly say the whole name when we talk about the school all the time. Right. You know, usually you say like Cuse, you know? Right. You know, you just you just leave it out. They even have a video now. They didn't have this video originally, but I'm not gonna watch this right now. But um But I don't know. I'm a Syracuse guy. I'm with you. We're we're right, they're wrong. Now, what would the what is the correct grammatical The grammatical thing like, if you go to Wikipedia, they have two pronunciations. Wait, that's not grammatical. What is that? What? What I'm... Um, yeah, the, uh, I know what you're saying. But you know what I mean. Okay. Yes, how you're supposed to say it. Uh, I'm pulling up the uh, page right now. 
they have they have two basic ways to say it. One as Syracuse like in syrup. Uh and the other like in sigh. I don't know. I don't know the way they they think you should say it. Oh, that's funny cuz I would pronounce I, really there's... I would pronounce the stuff that you put on your pancakes syrup. Yeah, and there's the debate over that too. The people that say it like syrup or syrup. I say syrup for that, but, but there are people that say syrup, but, which is which is what the argue the people that were saying, "Well, I say it like you say syrup." I mean, they were writing that, but that's what I got the gist was. They were the sir people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I call it syrup, but I do know, like, I think my dad might even call it syrup, you know? Right. But my dad speaks with the, and my parents both have different old school New Orleans accents, you know, based on the parts of town they grew up in, you know, like calling the sink the zinc, you know, stuff like that. Right, right. You know, that's what my dad does. And, you know, my mom doesn't really do it so much, but where she is from... A lot of people used to always call like John John. My mom, my mom pronounces the word alien, alien. Uh, <laughs> mayonnaise, she calls mayonnaise. You know. Okay. You know, it's, <coughs> but that's like, you know, even within New Orleans, there's regional dialects. You know? Right. You know, which I'm sure, you know, of course, where you're from, there's going to be a thousand. More regional dialects when you're from like the New York, New Jersey area. I'm 45 minutes away from Little Teresa, and um, there's some words that you wouldn't even know we are from the same country. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, huh? Yeah, I mean that's what's weird. Like, so I think about New Orleans, which you know, when my parents were growing up, there were probably 600 something thousand people in the city itself, and people spoke differently based on what part of town they're. So then you take that, you take the idea that you go to somewhere like New York, where there's 10 million people living in the city, (laughs) you know, and they're all putting, you know, whatever ancestors and their forebears twist on the friggin' English language and then the neighborhood they grew up in. So think about any different ways they're saying stuff. Yeah, totally. You know, it's kind of, I mean, um, I did take linguistics, uh, my first year of college, and that's where you learn, a, you know, it, it is kind of crazy, you know. I mean, it's also when you learn not to be snobby about the way people talk. <laughs> <laughs> I think all the Massachusetts people could use a couple of those classes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, especially when they call water fountains bubblers and <laughs> whatnot. Uh, well, getting to some other news, just to close out. As we are now at one hour, 12 and a half minutes. What else you got? Um, one note, Rakeem Christmas, who is a junior, walked in graduation this weekend. No way. Yeah, he, uh, he gra- he's just got to take a couple of classes during the summer. He said They asked him how he did it. You know, he always took classes, you know, took the Maymester classes, which they didn't have. The Maymester was invented the when I graduated, because Fat Pat, that was the first year they had it. Fat Pat had to take a Maymester class to graduate. You know, it's basically a BS three-week crash course to give you credits. Okay. But he took all that. You know, he's always up there every summer. And he and since he was an athlete, you know, he comes up there before he starts school. And he, and he took classes and got credits, you know. And I don't know, he's a Jamaican dude. I know Jamaicans are real hardcore about their education. 
You know, like the like they're. I know the families are notoriously hard about studying, so I'm sure that probably had something more to do with it. Because all these guys come up early, and none of them graduate in three years. Yeah, right. Yeah, no joke. So, that's um, um, that's cool. That's great. Yeah, so they had a good story about that in the Syracuse.com website. Uh, I'll send you a link to that, and you can maybe uh, throw something else that way. Uh, another thing is um, Michael Jordan's daughter graduated from Syracuse this past weekend. No, I didn't even realize he had a daughter. Yeah, well, I guess it, uh, obviously it's from the the previous wife. But, uh, yeah, I didn't realize he had a daughter either, but they had a story about him graduating because they had the picture of him there. And I'm sure the reason she's at Syracuse is because, you know, they have a a sports management program now. Correct. That was started, like, in the last 10 years. And and it was started with the gift that renamed the College of Human Development uh, to the David Falk College of whatever. Oh, he's a David Falk. David Falk, who's a Syracuse alum, is Michael Jordan's agent. Yes, indeed. Yes, and I believe, and and of course, the pictures they had on the Syracuse.com website were Michael Jordan hanging out with the dean of that college and David Falk at the graduation ceremony. Uh, And they had a link in an article in there because she gave some interview to some blog from Chicago last year about how she was how she was miserable when she first got there because the word had gotten out that Michael Jordan's daughter was coming to school there. And all of a sudden, all these kids were Facebook friending her. And, you know, it was more publicity than she wanted, you know, basically just because she was Michael, uh, his heir and his daughter, which I can kind of understand. You know, she's not asking for it. No. But, um, yeah, I mean, his son's. First of all, they were basketball players, so that yeah. obviously uh, you know makes it a lot harder. Um, but they they embraced it. Yeah. But as a girl, you think she could have kind of flown under the radar? She doesn't look anything like him. Well, and that's oh, you're looking at the article. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what she probably. I'm sure that was probably part of it, is you want to fly under the radar and then people get your name out there and publicize and I think that's what it was, you know, just like hey look, Michael Jordan's daughter is is gonna be in school with us. Although she is tall, man. Oh, well yeah I mean, you gotta be tall. It's in the jeans, man. So I guess that from that point you know, if you're that tall, she's gotta be I'm gonna guess six two, maybe I'm looking I at her. She did have a um, I mean, I thought she did have a bit of a Jordan-like resemblance when I saw the picture. I mean, I can see the Jordan in her. You know? Yeah. But I guess it's all subjective. But there's the picture of him with David Falk and the Dean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what it's called. The David B. Falk College of Sport and Human Dynamics. What, did he go there? David Falk's a Syracuse alum, yeah. Interesting. I applied for a job. They had an open... Uh an open assistant uh, professor job a while back that I ended up. It was actually why I came back from Curacao. Oh, okay. To apply for that. Um, obviously, I didn't get it, but... Um, it yeah, was he, graduated just, was... he graduated in 1972 from Syracuse, and they went to GW for, for law. Well, I was down at... Um, I went to law school Catholic, and um, th- a couple of... 
a couple of guys that I was in law school with, we had put ourselves on the sports law track. So yeah. that's kind of where we were familiar with him. Um, you know, f- one from fame and two yep. um, from graduating down there. I didn't ever, I never even realized that, that he went to Syracuse. Yeah, he got a degree in economics. Hmm. And then 1975 from GW. Look at that. Interesting. Two sorry excuses. Not only enjoyable, but educational. Yep. And um, and as you know, or as we all know, the draft was this weekend. Yes, it was. Uh, and uh, there was a couple of Syracuse guys drafted. Uh, Marcus Sproul was drafted by the uh, hated Atlanta Falcons. But my favorite story was about Jay Bromley, uh, who's a defensive lineman who was drafted by the Giants in the third round which was way earlier than he expected to go. It, um, earlier than he thought. Yeah, he never expected it. Or maybe it was the fourth round. I don't know. No, I think it was the third round. He never expected to go there at all. You know, in fact, there was a chance, a lot of people were saying maybe five to six or five to seven undrafted free agent. Well, apparently, since he wasn't expected to get drafted, he was out at the Topps grocery store. At the time, getting some food, and he was renting the movie Gravity from a red box <laughs> to go watch. When he got the call from the Giants that they were drafting him that night. That's great. <laughs> uh, well, I just want to say one thing. I don't know. When's, when's the last time you've been to Syracuse? Um, not last summer. The, the probably, like, Super Bowl. Okay. That the lights went out. All right, 2013. Yeah. All right, New Orleans Super Bowl, yep. Uh, well, I think that might have been after they renovated that Topps grocery store to look to look super Syracuse-like. Have you ever seen that? No. Which one's the Topps? Is that where it, Peter, the old Peters? It might be. I think it is in DeWitt. Um, but uh, whatever the case is, the place has like Syracuse, like basketball court painted on it. Oh no, no, no! I've never been to that one. And uh, they just renovated and reopened it in the past, um, in the past couple of years. And it needs to be a spot where we stop. When if I go up there, I'm gone to that to that grocery store just for the scenes. Just just to check it out because it's so ridiculous. The idea that like Baton Rouge, you know, which is like LSU country, and as far as I know, nowhere in Alabama or anything, and all these places where they're nuts about their teams. The idea that Syracuse is the place that did the grocery store like this. <laughs> I just sent you a link to I it. I got it. That's great. Nottingham, that's um that would be Above South Campus, I believe. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, that's the old Peters is for yeah. people. Yeah, Nottingham Road and DeWitt. Yeah, Peters is for people. Um, but look at that first picture right there. It's it's the court. You know what? We don't go down the frozen food aisle when I go up to visit Guy. We go um, we go straight for the juices. Yep. Get the grapefruit juice and then back to the beer. And then to the Doritos aisle, because Guy has an insatiable uh, hunger for Doritos. Well, I think it's more than just the uh, frozen food aisle looking at when I saw the original photos. Like, apparently the whole 
the whole store looks like um, Otto the Orange just blew a load all over the place. <laughs> Even the grocery baskets are orange. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, so we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to go check that place out. All right, that'll be that'll be one of our stops. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to buy stuff anyway. <laughs> True. <Right? laughs> oh, God. Oh, well, on that note, man. On that note. Uh, you got anything else? No, that's all, man. All right, good stuff. Hey, um, with apologies to Girk's brother, we'll see you guys next week. Good night, Fredo.